This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Joe Camp of Comstock. Joe, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? Bit of a rebound here. We've been eyeing these soybean futures now as they test this important $13 mark this morning, back above it. We're at the morning break, though. We'll see what uh, more heavy volume brings later today. It is an important test, though. We see that not only are we at this $13 mark after having been almost to $14 just about three weeks ago, but it's also on a larger perspective about a 50% retracement of the big move up that the January contract had from its May lows. So it's definitely a technical type of trade here. The speculators are trying to decide how to carry their positions forward. It's also something that we continue to link to the crude oil market. Soy complex, very sensitive as of late with the bean oil futures leading the way higher or lately lower because of what crude oil is doing. Well, overnight, crude oil is bouncing about a buck a barrel. It's back above $70 here and providing some support there. The other big storyline for the beans, of course, is Brazilian weather. We do have some showers, it looks like, in the mix for Brazil uh, later next week, but then no real change in the long-term outlook that keeps conditions there warm and dry. So it's really beans right now we're watching as the biggest mover overnight. We're going to continue to monitor wheat after it's been higher. The March Chicago contract, at least, up in seven straight sessions, so some rare leadership for wheat all of a sudden. Corn kind of caught in the middle here, waiting for some fresh news there, maybe wanting to see some better export demand or just something new to shake up that market. Joe, when we think about some of the recent purchases from China, specifically we saw those wheat purchases that were really helping to drive the market recently. Now we get another sale of soybeans, another purchase of soybeans from the U.S. by China. Is this just regular, you know, normal sales for this time of year where they're just going out and getting the best price? Or is this, do you think, China's economy ramping up a little bit and and maybe a good sign for the future? So far, the soybean sales are what we'd call routine. I mean, we normally expect that China's going to be a, a big buyer of U.S. soy at this point in the year, now that we've got our fresh harvest put away and, and made available, and that's run-of-the-mill. But um, we do see lately signs of sales ramping up, in part because soybean prices have dipped lower and they've closed in a bigger way, they're spread uh, above Brazilian values. We know that Brazilian farmers are going to protect what's left of their crop as they have some concern about what was just planted or what they're still struggling to plant here uh, because of dry and wet weather delays in various parts of Brazil. Uh, but you do have some concern that soybean exports as a year-to-date level are, are down about 20 to 25% here from where they were at this point a year ago. Still, again, something we can catch up to. Um, We'll keep an eye on that. Now, the wheat sales, on the other hand, those are not a routine. Those are a a big deal here. They're big volumes, and they're soft red wheat. Those are tied to the Chicago futures that have been leading the way higher. But ultimately, it's notable that we're going to see, because of this big demand from China, soft red wheat exports actually Uh, surpass hard red wheat exports for the first time in a couple of decades, I believe. So it is a big deal here. In part, we know that China, one of their big uh, suppliers in Australia, has been hit by El Nino this year, and they're going to have a reduced crop. So 
and you, you like soybeans, have much lower prices to look at here lately, a cheaper dollar, and that all goes into what we're seeing in terms of uh, a much better wheat demand all of a sudden. Let's go over to the other side of the ag marketplace in the livestock complex, and unfortunately, the hits keep coming for the cattle market. What are we seeing there? Yeah, that's kind of more of the same, unfortunately, in the sense that futures continue to spiral lower, and they're doing it in big chunks. We see that uh, a few rebound temps here and there have been uh, sold heavily, and you have, I think, the speculators really, not to always blame the speculator, but when you look at how they had been so bullish uh, when we were on our way up to record highs this uh, summer, late in the summer, uh, we had recently observed the hedge funds holding positions in live cattle that were net long by uh, much more than 100,000 contracts. And They've lately all but liquidated that position. Now, that can be a good thing from the sense that we may not have a much further liquidation pressure from those speculators wanting to rush for the exits. But it's been something that's been self-fulfilling and something that snowballed lower as the triggers to get them out have eventually turned the technicals lower, and that has beget more selling from there. So, one thing we are going to look at for cattle futures, though, here, and we'll know more about it as we start to wrap up this week, is the cash trade and how it will guide potentially the board as we close out these next couple of days. Because we look at the futures, and by all accounts, they've overshot by a large degree this cash market, and, and that can happen. But when we talk about uh, discounts, the board to cash by $10 or more for live cattle and up to $20. Uh, under the real-time feeder index for feeder futures, that's a, a big gap here, and it can be something that eventually uh, starts to solve the problem and, and help the futures converge higher toward that cash trade. What's the case with the hog market right now? bit of a quiet, un, undecided type of trade here lately. Uh, we're seeing that sellers kind of dry up their attention at trying to hammer this a market with uh, nearby futures below $70. That does represent a slight discount still to where we see most of the cash trade landing. And uh, we're watching this December contract as we have one more week until expiration. It mostly still holding a discount to the CME cash index that it settles against. What we need to watch, though, for hogs going forward would be whether or not we start to see lower production numbers into the end of the year and into the first part of 2024 like have been predicted. We'd, we've known for some time that we're going to be uh, amply enough supplied here into the last few months of the year. But then as we see such a, a smaller pig crop, lower farrowing intentions come uh, to fruition, that can cut production and eventually support prices. And it fits, too, with what we continue to watch in a more bullish seasonal uh, once we get into the back half of, of December. Joe Camp, our guest here today with Comstock. Joe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information? Yeah, we've got our website at Comstock.com, access to some reports, some analysis, and also all of our contact information. Joe, thanks so much for the time here today. Have a great week. Thanks, you as well. That was Joe Camp with Comstock. It is time now for a check of the numbers.
March corn up a half cent at 484 and three quarters. January soybeans up seven and a quarter at 1302 and three quarters. January soybean meal down 40 cents at 408.10. January soybean oil up 91 cents at 50.25. Chicago wheat down 10 and a quarter at 623 and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat down one and a half at 729 even. Kansas City hard red wheat down eight even at 648 even. And March oats down one and a half at 370 and a half. On the Merck, December live cattle up 55 cents at 164 even. January feeder cattle up $1.97 at 212.12. February lean hogs down $1.05 at 68.25. February pork cutout unchanged at 81.25. Class 3 milk is up a cent at 16.33. This has been the opening market report for Thursday on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.